0: week we've had the brewers on our last podcast we we were leading up to the uh, the climax of the nlcs Uh, we went to the game friday game six was a great time brewers pulled it out forced a game seven unfortunately it came up a little short
1: Uh, game game six game six was
0: great uh, game seven, not as much. Um, I was at both of them, and uh, yeah, they came up short. Just we did short. We score, 5-1. I
1: believe, one more run than the Dodgers in the series.
0: So if you add them all up, yeah. Well, that's yeah. you know that's that's interesting considering that uh, I think the perception is that the bats, you know, weren't weren't there right. for the LCS, but but their bats weren't really I mean, there it was either. 16, so sixteen
1: sixteen going into that final uh, two games in Milwaukee, know, mm-hmm. it's uh, so we wound up scoring. 24 runs, that they got uh, one or two on the first day, plus 16, so 18,
0: and then plus five, so 23. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, a great year, obviously. I think uh, there's a lot to build on. I right. think m- most of this team right. is intact. I mean, Kristen Yelich will be back next year. Lorenzo Kane wow. <laughs> will be back next year. There's a lot to be said. I mean, last year they gave up a game short of the making the playoffs. This year they gave up a game short of the World Series. So. Right. That's, that's all good stuff. So I've been literally trapped
1: in bunkers all over the west side of <laughs> Milwaukee, working on some independent political activities, okay. uh, getting the vote out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, trying to have a really robust performance here. So I've been really focused on the governor race. And all I can tell and all these polls can show is that it looks really close.
0: Yeah, I Um, think so too.
1: What else is going on? with the big picture, you want to talk about the big picture stuff? Well, I I really don't know. I I think a lot. Well, like there's these bombings. So what? What's the
0: extent? (laughs) Can you talk about that? What the extent is? So yeah, I guess we can we can start national news and then kind of whittle our way down to uh, to Wisconsin. So yeah, there's uh, there's explosive devices showing up. Randomly, right? Certain people's mailboxes apparently. And Democrats, so, yeah, all Democrats. The, right. the Bill and Hillary Clinton had mm-hmm. an explosive device found in their uh, at their home. Okay, it was identified by Secret Service. Uh, the Obamas as well in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, CNN's headquarters in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. George Soros, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz apparently had one as well. So, I, I think there were a total of eight identified, you know, is what I last read before we mm. started recording. And so, uh, wh- I mean, what's this all about? Obviously, this, this is some nut job that's that's doing this. Mm. But, I guess, I mean, the, que- the the question bears asking, I mean, how much of this is the culture that has been expressed by... Guys like right Donald J. Trump, anger,
1: the anger, the toxic masculinity, right. right-wing, angry culture. I mean,
0: there are consequences to going to political rallies and saying "lock up your political opponent" mm-hmm. and that the media is the enemy of the people. Mm-hmm. These aren't just idle words; they, so, these things have an impact, especially on people right. that are evil, easily influenced. Trump,
1: interestingly, though, the first headline is on NPR. And you wonder if Trump isn't playing this really well. Extra threats of political violence and an attack on democracy itself. That's true. I mean he gets to talk about this stuff. And of course. He gets to rise above well, it. Well he's the president, way. so he
0: can he can make he can try and like play the high road. I mean, first. I was
1: in a discussion today with some folks and one person said, Well, this would probably help us because it'll show the anger. But in a way, no, it, doesn't it gives help him a us chance it gives you know, him a chance to really.
0: to look presidential, quote unquote.
1: Right. All the targets this week have been Trump's worst enemies. Yeah, so he can disavow it all
0: he wants. I mean, obviously, based on the targets, whoever's, right. whoever's perpetrating well, this... Well,
1: here's a good Huffington Post article. Uh, the Trump, Trump has repeatedly called his followers to violence against the people and organizations that were victimized this week. There were no confirmed motives or suspects by Wednesday afternoon. But his violent rhetoric over the past two years has led one of the, his biggest enemies, CNN, to ascribe some blame for the attacks to the president. That's the problem, though, as soon as you start doing that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they'll just pull out the old outrage. Well, oh, how could you politicize terrorism? You must really hate America, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like you're in it. Well, yeah. You know, like, you can't even go there. You just have to just, like, you kind of have to just, Ignore it and hope that we don't get killed. Well, (laughs) yeah. The good thing about your politics is
0: simply an online presence, (laughs) right? The bottom line is that this is a very worrisome development, and I mean, a we hope nobody gets hurt, but b it's just it. We really need to, I think, dive in as as a country and to think about what is what are the consequences of this jaded political culture we've created. Over the past no. few years, because it's like, it, this isn't, I mean, this is, and this really, I think, started, I mean, it started long ago, but it really came to fruition in 2016, and I think this is what really stressed out a lot of people, is that the political culture really changed dynamically in 2016 after that election. Yeah, this is a great quote. Bill and Hillary Clinton were also victims.
1: They've been demonized by the right for decades. But only one leader has suggested that the Republican voters shoot Hillary Clinton or her Supreme <laughs> Court appointees uh, dead if she won the presidency. And the quote was, if she gets to pick her justices, nothing you can do, folks, Trump said with a shrug at a rally in 2016. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there
0: is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, right. I mean, that, that just speaks right to it. I mean, this mm. is this is ridiculous.
1: His his constituents still chant, "Lock her up at his rallies." He is still demanding this year that his followers get angry about her. So the, let's see if she gets away with it. He said in August. But the ugly thing is, like, I just don't see where we win by even but, drawing attention to this. Well, the, I mean, in a way, well, bottom, it line, is, bottom line is
0: bottom line is needs to, it, there needs to be an answer to it. I mean, the, the president of CNN, Jeff Zucker, came out and said. Oh, there is a total and complete lack of understanding at the White House about the seriousness of their continued attacks on the media yeah the, just, White, the president and especially the White House press secretary should understand that words that should understand their words matter so thus far Trump, they have shown no comprehension of that after Trump did not do the both
1: sides thing he actually called it an attack on democracy how is that point? albeit very correct, going to inspire anybody who wasn't already disgusted by Trump?
0: I'm just saying that it merits response. And, I mean, we don't know who's behind it. Hopefully, by by week's end, we'll have more answers. I would say this. I would say that we're in a time
1: of, frankly, of fear, as Democrats, small-D Democrats, Mm -hmm. right? As people who believe in freedom and democracy and want to see a prosperous future, anchored partly by the United States, as an open society. Those of us who want that are in a pretty precarious situation. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, that's one uh, of the reasons we're doing what we're doing right here.
1: Right, right. And quite seriously, does calling attention, even if it's true, to our victimhood, do anything to strengthen our case
0: well the, i mean i'm just making, thinking of civil rights
1: leaders like when they got spat on and stuff you didn't hear the half of it mm-hmm. like that's just the ones that made the he- that with the cameras caught sure
0: sure
1: these people lived with daily harassment civil rights leaders were shot. Yeah. uh civil rights workers from the north like white college grads who went down in the early 60s in mississippi got killed and yes, some of them got some high-profile things, but many, in many cases it took 20, 30 years to even bring the perpetrators to justice when the killers were known. Yeah. So, my point is, the narrative of the civil rights struggle is oftentimes less about the constant threats. I mean, when jo- Dr. King got killed, it was after a, a lot of threats. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he just kept going forward. hmm I'm not saying that we should be naive to the threats, but at the same time calling attention to them. Like, I think people who really believe in progress against this kind of right-wing authoritarian culture that you see emerging right now, and certainly in the United States, those who believe in progress get almost nowhere by crying foul. They well, get nowhere by doing nothing but showing the
0: strength of their convictions. I think, I think the point is it's, it's going to be called attention to anyway because of, of the fact that it's being reported from the Secret Service to the media.
1: So how do we, how do we handle it? Or do we say, well, I think well, are sort of really angry I, at yeah. Trump? Or do we say, you know what? We're doing things that some people find unpopular. Mm-hmm. That some people have vile reactions to, but we're willing to keep doing it because it's important
0: because it's the right thing to do
1: right, rather than go point the finger at Trump who is going to say, "Hey, what did i do i'm I'm just an orange right guy. I'm
0: not the one sitting right. the mail, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I'm not accountable, right. Right. yeah, no, there is that that's true. I think it just merits discussion, yeah so i I, I think this is a productive conversation. I
1: hope that uh, people can listen to it because it's like I feel like we're taking a few minutes to pause and really like reflect here and yeah. it's not exactly the lively you know it's not it's not quite uncle rick i'm not sure what he i don't know if i want to know what he thinks right. about all of well this. we don't know we don't know and, and i
0: don't think he's in the neighborhood tonight so so I mean, yeah we don't i mean that's all we really know at this point is you know what the targets are we don't have uh suspects or anything like that so maybe by the time uh we get this thing uploaded we'll we'll know more. Yeah, so moving on to uh, other things in the news. So there was a new uh, uh, Reuters, Ipsos, University of Virginia poll Mm -hmm. uh, showing amongst likely voters uh, the governor's race here in Wisconsin, uh, 48% to 45%. uh, Tony Evers is up, and 54% to 39%, Tammy Baldwin is uh, leading. So that's amongst likely voters. Drop mic. So
1: just uh, so six percent of the public is going to vote for Walker and uh, Baldwin
0: to set up a twelve point swing. Apparently, I I mean it's it's a little surprising. I mean because I don't see that happening. Obviously, yeah. I mean Tammy's not going to win by fifteen points. I mean she's going to win. I think it's going that's going to be an early victory for her. I I knock on wood. Yeah, but. Um, I expect the uh, Evers-Walker uh, race to go probably a little deeper into the I mean, Everybody's
1: evening. troubled by this, but it's not entirely unprecedented. But you do have to go back probably a decade or more Yeah. to really see Tommy Thompson that era. spread. Uh, yeah, even, well, uh, I think in 06, uh, Herb Cole got like mm. 67% of the vote. Jim Doyle uh, in a successful effort received I think 53%. Yeah. So I mean there was that that precedent. was even bigger. Yeah. Um, then again, you didn't even have an active campaign against Cole that year. No, it was true. That's true. It was a token resistance at, uh, to him at best. Yeah. Um, but you did see um, you know Russ Feingold say in 04. Mhm. He got 56 Forty-four. That's when we all started thinking Russ was safe. He won fifty-six, forty-four. The same year, Bush was re-elected. Yeah. Bush did lose Wisconsin. He did,
0: however, but by the it's more narrow, very narrow margin. Yeah. Uh,
1: actually, narrower than Trump won. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. I think. Well, I he think John Kerry doubled what
0: El uh, Gore for, uh, had uh, 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 four uh, years prior. Margin, but yeah.
1: yeah, Kerry beat Bush by ten thousand
0: votes or eleven thousand mm-hmm. votes. Yeah. In. Feingold got it by, I think, 300,000 votes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're right. There's precedent for kind of that disconnect between the two mm-hmm. uh, statewide races.
1: Which would mean literally 150,000 people went and voted for Bush and Feingold that year.
0: Do you think that's uh, the kind of the nature of the offices? That the position of U.S. senator inherently maybe is less partisan right now than the position of governor? Hmm. Uh, I suppose... Um, or president. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: well, it's interesting is that we had the Democratic candidate for the other job, whether it's pre- uh, president or governor, Yeah. always underperforming the Senate candidate right. until That's 10 years saying. ago. And it, then it flipped. It used to be the other way around. Right. I
0: mean, when Tommy Thompson was governor, I mean, he was kind of beyond partisan. No,
1: but the Democratic Candidate for governor was always under polling, yeah, yeah, whatever the Senate whether it was Cole or right, Feingold, right, by a lot, exactly. And then it closed, and then not only did it close, but then it flipped. Mm-hmm. Where um, in 2012 and 2016, the Democratic presidential candidate at least outpolled the Senate candidate, and in the case of Barrett and Feingold, it was the same, yeah, in 2010, or just about the same.
0: Yeah, I think it's just interesting that, uh, mm-hmm. both in the case of uh. You know Ron Johnson, and, yeah, and Tammy Baldwin. That it's those races are 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 not as tight as as the race for governor.
1: Yeah, we think it's decided. So we think that for for Senate mm-hmm. for governor, I mean, you know, we got these polls, we've got a, uh, early vote patterns, which I'm trying to disentangle. Yeah, right now they pretty much look like they're a wash. Yeah, you pretty much have. More or less the same composition of the electorate that you had in 2016, which, uh, in some ways, it would be could be encouraging because it's a midterm election. So even though 2016 featured uh, depressed turnout in the city of Milwaukee, it was generally much higher. Mm-hmm. And so if the turnout profile is the same, and there's just a little bit of persuasion from Trumpers right. over to uh, Evers, that would be good. On the other hand, that may not be the case. Yeah. And there may be never Trumpers who will vote for Walker. We'll, we'll have to see.
0: Speaking of uh, speaking of Trump, so he was... Uh, I'd put the was, so governor's race at dead even right now. Yeah. Um, maybe with the... Well, then, I mean, obviously the Ipsos poll, so it's 48-45 for Evers, but the margin of error is 25 Wow. Um,
1: it, that, it's interesting because this pattern is now not just in Wisconsin. We're seeing this everywhere, where the likely voters are more Democratic-leaning yeah. in the unlikely voters. And that's the problem with the Kavanaugh effect. Yeah, It's those unlikely voters. Less, uh, un, less educated, sometimes lower-income white men, mm-hmm. mostly, and white women. Speaking so that's, of- that's who we have to watch out for. Let's hope that not two of them get inspired to
0: vote. <laughs> so the fearless leader That's was you, in Wisconsin today, uh, speaking at a rally in Mosney, out near uh, La Crosse. The fearless leader, you mean 45? Yep, number 45, yeah. Mr. Trump. Yeah, and, uh, basically, was, you know, doing the same old narrative. Illegal immigrants are going to invade the state of Wisconsin, so don't vote for Tony Evers. Yeah. Take, you know, trying to take attention away from health care and pre-existing condition protections. And uh, as we wait, that, uh, wait, Trump was endorsing taking away the no, no. Fire? He's trying to he's trying to distract from that issue. Oh, trying to yes, yeah. yeah. He's I mean yeah. it's it's, it's immigration, immigration, immigration. It's that the you know there's one thing the coming, there's, there's the caravan coming from coming from Latin America going up through Mexico and they're they're yeah, going to invade. People America. People are
1: serious about electing Tony Evers. What they ought to do, in my opinion, is double down on the preexisting conditions. Absolutely. And read like, like it even comes a new up. Ad poll campaign, after
0: poll shows it's the most important
1: issue to voters. Even a new ad campaign saying, "Here's Walker's actual record on it. Mm-hmm. why is Scott Walker lying about preexisting conditions." Yeah. I know that Team Evers thinks, "Oh, look, we've been ahead, so like no need to change." Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're not ahead that convincingly. In most readings, you're actually closer than you were like a month ago. Yeah. Walker has caught up. And so if if you think it's never a good time when the incumbents catching up. Mm-hmm. And so I would say I would say usually that means you're in pretty serious danger of not pulling the thing off. And and I would argue that team Evers needs to double down with a fresh set of ads that really drill into what Walker's record on pre-existing conditions is. And like even have him saying I support protecting people with pre-existing conditions, and say, "Oh, really? Here's what he did. Yeah, and then, here's your actions. Here's right. here's your the lawsuit call, you signed on like, to to eliminate the, the Affordable Care Act. Just show him speaking completely out of both sides yeah. of his mouth, and make it 100 percent clear that you can't trust anything the man says. Well, and be, that he has a record that's obviously. Like, like, he's just
0: lying. Yeah. I mean, when he well, says he not, he's not only lying. He's not only lying, but I mean, again, like, the Republicans, not only here in Wisconsin, but across the country, are trying to change the focus from healthcare. To immigration because they want people to be scared of people but coming in from the Mexican border, and a- what they want, it, what they want is is Democrats to, to stop talking about pre existing conditions and start talking about their immigration positions, so that that can be the platform, so that that can be the, the well, thing that is being reported every that's night. That's true, that, which is all the more reason to double down on the message. Exactly. The message so don't, don't be distracted, like right. the Dem- and a day that where Democrats are not talking about health care. And pre-existing conditions and Medicare for All and all these things is a day where there's a missed opportunity. Bottom line is this. Scott Walker, we we oftentimes, us
1: liberals, like to give the benefit of the doubt to the other side. Oh, well, they're twisting the truth. They're not twisting the truth. There is no truth to what they're saying. exactly. Scott Walker does not support protecting people with pre-existing conditions. He's literally gone on TV and said he does, and he's literally lied. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be called directly out on the lie. Absolutely. And I know don't wait around for PolitiFact to do it for you because no. they won't, or you'll get that on Wednesday the 7th yeah. of November. And not only that, if it wasn't enough, Rachel Maddow pointed out last night, I had tip to her, mm-hmm. that Trump actually wrote, rewrote administrative rules yesterday that free states to um, allow insurance companies to discriminate against pre-existing conditions despite oh. what it says in the there you Affordable go. Care Act, there you go. and despite all their rhetoric. They literally signed. They actually administrative rules saying you can, states can choose to allow companies to discriminate in this pre-existing conditions. So yeah. what's going to happen the day after the election? Give me a break. Yeah, exactly. Like, like if you fall for this, you are, like, you're simple. Well, it's, 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 you're putting everybody in Wisconsin's health in peril. Yeah. My own families included. Again, and as, everybody as, as else. we said
0: last time, it's like... Don't judge them by their words. Judge them by their actions. Yeah.
1: I got a ride. I am afraid Rick might be hearing about (laughs) us coming over. All right, everybody. All right. Forward. Forward.